Well, today I want to spend part of the program taking you back three years. And what a three years this has been. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, the voice is still rough and it is getting better. Some days are worse than others. And I just, I appreciate your prayers. At least it's better than it was a week ago and two weeks ago. So we've come a long way. Today, I want to spend a little time on the program going back three years. Three years ago. Can you believe it? So much has happened in these 36 months. And it's going to take a long time to sort it out. This program was birthed because of what had happened in 2020. With the pandemic, the upcoming election, there were so many headlines, so many stories that needed to be covered. And I felt very impressed to do something. Uh, I thought about doing maybe just a little video program each day, but there's so many of those out there. Shortwave radio, it may not be the biggest platform, but it's a platform that reaches people that are seeking. And so we opted early on to make this program available on shortwave radio. And it is still, it is still the biggest platform that we have. Now look, I I will tell you right up front, this program doesn't have the huge platform that many others do that had good investors and advertising and they're doing their daily video online stuff. I felt a unique call to be primarily on shortwave radio. And yes, we are available as a podcast and that side is growing as well. And and, and believe me, I appreciate that. But I also understand that there are going to be times and if you haven't seen tyranny yet in our country, there's going to be times of tyranny where programs like this may have a hard time finding an audience online. The big tech giants that control much of the internet and even governments, they can pull the plug a lot faster with online than they would on shortwave. And there's a reason. Most of those in government understand online and its influence. Most of them don't even know what shortwave is. Most governments around the globe are abandoning their shortwave facilities. They're shutting them down. The engineers are getting older. People are not going into it. So it's out of sight, out of mind. But for many of you and those that are ham radio operators, shortwave radio is still a very viable entity. And of course, we do put the program out online. I push it out in two directions. I use a paid service called PodPoint, which is a Christian-based organization. And I also use Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and others. I recognize the day may come 
that the secular side that I'm pushing to may limit my distribution or cut it off entirely. At least PodPoint will remain. And at our website, you can find out how to to listen to this program. And by the way, the episodes that are visible on the website are really from PodPoint through a secondary service for distribution. And so I, I those channels do cost me a little bit each month. And they are my most important channels for this program in terms of being online. But once again, I just want to make it clear, shortwave radio is something that I'm going to hold on to and it's something that I still want to expand. You know, I'm looking at a couple of other radio stations that could be added if the price is right. For those that listen, I'm just going to spend one minute on this. For those that listen to shortwave, I'm wondering... Can you pick up the signal of WINB? Which signals can you get from WBCQ? And if the budget was there, I would add those two stations immediately. Because I, I really believe that they could be important to this ministry. We have several frequencies at WRMI. We're also on the weekends on KVOH. But can you imagine if we could add, maybe in the afternoon sometime, because their signal seems to be pretty good, WINB. Maybe a nighttime signal on WBCQ, reaching places we don't currently reach with WRMI. So keep that in prayer. Those are some of the things that I'm working on. And of course, in a, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to talk about the latest on the church project, and it is probably one of the most important things that we will do launched from this radio program. But I want to take you back three years. Three years ago, it is the beginning of March. Things are beginning to change quickly in the world of the virus. At the end of 2019, my wife and I were diligently preparing for a conference of clergy, a handful of us to get together in St. Augustine, Florida. Now, some of these individuals that were coming down for this meeting lived in Virginia, some lived in Massachusetts. And the conference was planned for, I think, somewhere around the 20th of February. And we have been spending November and December and January preparing for this conference. My wife and I spent out of pocket a little more than we probably should have on everything from coffee cups, and I've got one sitting here in my office, and even some golf shirts with the church logo on it. And, and it was going to be a time of planning to build churches, and God had laid a vision on my heart that was going to be an uphill battle, I knew, in convincing others what I believe God had laid on my heart in how to reach people with the good news in an unconventional way. Now, just a little side note, 
Back around 2006, I launched a church in South Carolina. At the time, I was a a talk radio host, and somebody had teased me about being a clergyman and where's my church. And because of that little conversation, we launched a church that grew rapidly. And what we what we learned, what I learned during that time, is how to find people that are either totally unchurched, have fallen away from a church, maybe for whatever reason, when they were in high school, their their parents stopped taking them. Maybe there was a bad experience. It doesn't matter. We started a church not moving people laterally from one church to another. This congregation were people that either were disenfranchised where they had been or had never been to a church. You know, many churches today, they simply move people from one building to another because maybe the light lighting is better. Maybe the music is better. I don't know. I wanted a church like a New Testament church where people new to the Lord were coming to redemption and learning and growing in Christ. And I saw it happen. And I also watched the established church come in like a bunch of legalists and curmudgeons and destroy it. Sadly, in my ministry, I've had a few things like that happen. Where churches were built and thriving and boneheaded leadership comes in, trying to put the man-made rules, not biblical rules, into play and wreck it. And I made a vow a number of years ago to never let that happen again. We live in a time of falling away. Now, let me go back three years ago. I was looking forward to this conference. And in February, it was not the virus. It was weather. A winter storm came up, hit the East Coast. People couldn't fly. Virginia, Massachusetts, all those places where people were coming from. Well, flights were canceled. Hotels got canceled. And we decided to regroup and maybe get together again. Oh, I don't know, maybe in April after Easter. Obviously, that didn't happen. All of a sudden, Corona became the talk of the day. Matter of fact, about the same time we were supposed to get together in St. Augustine, I had we started really hearing with intensity all about the virus and cases and maybe people dying And all these predictions coming out of the Imperial College were beginning to leak out. I had a phone call three years, a little over three years ago from a friend of mine in emergency management asking me to come out of retirement. And so it was three years ago, roughly this weekend, that I headed out to be working again in emergency management. Three years have gone by, and what a time we've been through. And it was in that 
environment that this radio program was born in the summer. It became obvious to me that so much of the COVID narrative was untrue, was being used for nefarious purposes. I mean, we could have riots in the street. That was okay. But you couldn't go to church. You could burn down court buildings. But you couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to school. You had to wear a face mask everywhere you went. And, and we needed to have a vaccine to save us all. And we needed to vote by mail. We can't go vote in person. People will die. You know the rest of the story. We've shared so much of it on this program. And the fear of the virus is still there among a small element of the society. You see them every day driving by themselves in a car with a face mask. They have been mentally damaged by propaganda and lies. Many people died unnecessarily. You know it and I know it in hospitals by fake phony protocols designed not to heal, but to have a desired negative outcome. People died needlessly in nursing homes without their family around because of boneheaded governors like Cuomo in New York, Whitmer up in, up in Michigan and, and Murphy in New Jersey. They killed people for politics. Sorry, but it's becoming increasingly true. And here we are three years later still talking about the virus and you still have the CDC holding on to phony fake protocols which are now proven to be garbage and lies. Still wanting kids wearing face diapers which we know from every study ever done will not stop a virus, period. We're still playing politics with people's health and using it to control what you can and cannot do. And and the natural outcome of this is going to be as the virus begins to fade away, climate change will be the new reason to lock down, the new reason not to gather, the new reason to limit your travel. It's already happening in some parts of the world. There are places in the United States where this is already being discussed. Got to get rid of the gasoline car. We must limit travel. We need the 15-minute cities where, you know, you stay in your area except for 100 days a year when you're allowed to travel somewhere else. Otherwise, you are restricted because we have to save the planet that we worship. We need more abortion because we have too many children that are taking resources. And so the phony climate change narrative is going to be used next to control you. They learned what they can get away with with COVID. And now they will do it. Now they will do it with climate change. Look at the administration in Washington. It is made up of people that check off a box, not for their abilities, but if you're, if you're LGBTQ, if you're female, if you're minority, if you are gender confused, you are raised up to a higher level in this administration.
we are being the we're being run by the inmates at the asylum we have a reprobate administration we have an evil justice department you know i'm glad that some of the media is beginning to notice the excesses of the justice department against christians around the world canada you are in big trouble I pray for you. Your man-child, satanically inspired, demonically possessed leader is going to take your country right into hell. People can't pray without being arrested. You can't worship without the police staring at you. You've got a bunch of Nazis now in your police departments in Canada when you arrest pastors that are protesting little children being taken to drag queen shows and being thrown to the ground. They're the ones that get arrested, not the perverts in front of the children. This country is in big trouble. Your country's in big trouble in Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, your vaccine mandates, all of it are satanically inspired. And these demons, these reprobates from the pits of hell will be coming after Christians any way they can. The next climate change narrative, you're only allowed to drive so many miles per week. Are you going to waste those miles going to a church? If you don't think that day is coming, it is. If you don't think the WHO is not planning another pandemic where they can control for the sake of climate change as well. And by the way, the CDC considers climate change something they have to worry about as well. And the CDC lies. The FBI lies. The DOJ lies. This administration, all they know is how to lie. Biden is a liar. Everybody in his cabinet is a liar. Everybody on his staff is a liar. They are agents of the Antichrist. I don't care how you cut it, but they are. They are the agents of Antichrist. Doing willingly the work of Satan himself because they are so delusional, so deceived, and so enjoying their sinful life. Biden is a crooked thief, a corrupt politician, surrounded by immoral reprobates. No wonder they get along so well. And this is the environment in which we are increasingly living. Oh, the virus is letting go as they prepare the next set of chains and prison cells to confine us. I hope you can see it. The church was totally unprepared in 2020. I, I can remember saying things in my talk radio show days about things like this. That someday Christians are not going to have the freedom. And I was told, you're just an idiot, Bob. You know, you're a conspiracy theory guy. No, I'm a realist. 
And the reality is shown. You know, Lori Lightfoot may have gotten kicked out of office, thanks be to God. One of the candidates is somewhat better. It's just slowing down the decay. There's actually the other one of the guys is worse. But I can remember her hatred of Christians. She loved the riots. She loved all of that. But when Christians gathered to worship, she wanted cars towed. She towed every car in a neighborhood thinking they were all going to church. Turned out none of those cars had anything. They were just parking on the street at their homes. But her hatred of Christians. She's LBGTQ. She's married to some gal. She is into every box you check off that shows how demoral, how immoral, how evil you are. She's checked every box. That's the leadership we're getting because that's the leadership that a nation that has fallen away from its foundations in Christ have fallen. I mean, we are, we are falling away. We have reprobate churches that are preaching antichrist doctrine. They don't believe in sin. They celebrate it. They don't believe in the depravity of mankind. They encourage it. They don't believe that scripture is accurate. They don't need it. It's all social justice and sin celebration with fancy robes and stained glass windows. And then we have churches that are so thin in their theology that people are are easily led to and fro to the next, you know, light show, the next concert, the next whatever. Because they have no real foundation and no real commitment to Jesus Christ. The majority of people in the United States, the vast majority in the United Kingdom, Europe, Canada, and Australia, are no longer Christians of any kind. Not even not even the apostate kind. They're unbelievers. The field is is ripe for harvest. Who's going to go and work today? How do we build a church? Look, I'm looking at a building right here, not far from where we live in Virginia. I signed the lease this week. There's a lot of work to be done on this building to get it ready over the next few months. It will host a small local congregation. But there's going to be audio and eventually video coming from that building. We are going to essentially have two congregations, local, national, and and, and of course, international. The services will be both live and recorded on shortwave. Eventually video as a video cast live and recorded. You can play it back when you can. There's going to be a backup plan. Look, churches got caught off guard. A lot of churches don't understand how to use technology. They did their best. And I'm thankful for those that at least tried. I want to be made bulletproof from day one, where when the government slows things down, we can still function. We can still gather, even electronically. 
let me just make this statement, and I'll talk about this more next week. Our God can transcend time and space. Never forget that. Our God can transcend time and space. He is not confined to a building. He's not confined to some place we put him. He is not living in a box of our own creation. He is the creator. He is the miracle worker. His son is the redeemer. His Holy Spirit is the empower. I pray that this project that I am doing will be replicated by hundreds of others around the United States, maybe thousands, that we can be even the underground church when that day comes and we must be the underground church, that we will not be fooled again. We will not be unprepared. You know, there was that song, I wish we'd all been ready. Well, it's one thing to say I'm ready for the rapture. What if there is no rapture? Well, we'll talk about that too. I don't want to get into that today. But you know, there can be times of intense persecution. Look at the Soviet Union, 1917. Look at North Korea. Look at China. Look at all of it. It can happen overnight. Look at Cuba. Look at Nazi Germany. Are we ready? And that's what I'm trying to build. If you believe in what we are doing, we need your financial support to keep the radio program growing, maybe more stations, the church project becoming a linchpin of what we're doing. And so if you can help us out, would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L. H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The land of war coming up. Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you and blessings. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in a moment. My sister and her husband were correcting one of their daughters, one of my nieces, and, and uh, my sister said, young lady, are you going to do this? Are you going to do this or not? Yes or no? To which my niece replied, or. She said, what? Or. What are you talking about? I said, yes or no. She said, yeah, I choose or. <laughs> totally rebellious, not good behavior, but clever. Yes or no, and she chooses or. Strange thing, but not really so strange because we do that in the Lord. The Lord says, choose yes or no. Yes or no. If Baal is God, choose him. If the Lord is God, choose him. Hot or cold, yes or no. But so often we don't choose yes or no, we choose or. And that is we don't really give an unconditional yes. We don't We don't totally give up the, the old. We don't fully say yes to God. We don't fully say no to the world. We're living in a land of or. We're back and forth. We're in the middle. We're on the fence. A little righteous, a little prayer, a little sin, a little world, a little compromise. We live in the land of or. That's what you're living in. It's the land of or. You know, it's God, but then there's an idol. Or God, but I don't want to give that up. Or God, and I'll indulge myself in that. Yeah, we haven't made our mind up. Haven't totally decided. Haven't once and for all cut that thing off, ruled that thing out, and ruled God in. 
You see, we're living in the land of Or. Abraham lived in the land of Ur. We live in the land of Or. Well, as Abraham's children, you have to leave the land of Or. Make up your mind. No more if, ands, or buts. Make up your mind once and for all, yes or no. Choose yes once and for all. Do what you have to do because you're going to be blessed the moment you choose and you start coming out of the land of Or. Well, listen. Want more? Ask for the other king on CD. Now, how often do you get something offered to you? Wonderful, life-changing, priceless, and free. Well, here goes right now. Sapphires. It's as precious as it sounds. Guaranteed to help you become joyful, victorious in the Lord. And also the incredible Mystery of the Temple Door on CD. You'll love it. It's priceless. It's free. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus's real name and write it down in Hebrew, which is Yeshua. You know, write it in English. Yeshua, though. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll get your free gifts and you will be blessed. But call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. And it's it's you can actually blanket the word the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel through shortwave radio. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Or visit us at hopeoftheworld.com. Until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, choose, my friend, choose Messiah or Haolam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, we started the program. Once again, the voice is still a bit rough, but believe it or not, it really is getting better. There are times during the day that it actually comes back for brief periods. So it's healing. Doing the program, eh, it can aggravate it a little bit. So keep me in your prayers as we try to get stronger each day. I am so thankful that each day that goes by, my health is getting better. I'm getting prepared to do this, these major projects, and God has been so wonderful And I thank you for your prayers, and I thank you for your support. I told you as we started the program today, I wanted to take you back three years. Remember, three years ago, our lives all got turned upside down. In December of 2019, January, into the beginning of February, I don't think any of us had any clue of this pandemic and what it would bring. Many thought, well, it'll just blow by in a week or two. And I can remember it was a little over three years ago. Three years, two weeks ago. Got a phone call from a friend asking me to consider coming out of retirement that this this thing could be big and would I be ready to serve if needed. And then my church conference got canceled And then all of the fear ginned up like a rocket ship. And so three years ago this weekend, I headed off to serve a county in North Carolina. But a funny thing is, the week before I agreed, I had preached a sermon that God laid in my heart 
And the words still ring true today and need to ring true to you today, too. Whether it's a virus, whether it's climate change, whether it's persecution, we have a God we can trust. The words fear not need to be a part of your life. And so let me take you back to a church in Florida three years ago when God laid these words on my heart right before the beginning of this pandemic. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of hearing your word, studying your word, that you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, but most important, our hearts to receive that which you have for us. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm glad to see you here today. Has anybody by chance watched the news at all? Or are we kind of out of it and we just ignore it? A little of both. I'm seeing something in my lifetime that I don't think has been around since the Second World War this fear in the hearts of people. There are two words that Jesus says over and over and over again to his own disciples who follow him, who should know better than most. What are those two words? Fear not. Fear not. Whether you're out on the water, Fear not. Whatever this world brings to us, fear not. This is the lesson of Scripture, to fear not. Now, obviously in our human nature, that's easier said than done. I have watched for several weeks, as all of you have, as this crisis, I guess, that is sweeping the land has driven people to fear everything. People are fearing the Lord's body and blood. My God, I might get something. If Jesus is truly present, I have a hard time believing that. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He has been an emergency manager for a long, long time. I worked for him for about five years. He called me up last night and we chatted about what's going on in this world today and how their community up in North Carolina, if anybody knows where Asheville and Buncombe County is, he started telling me all the things that they're doing he said, basically, it's what you and I did back with the N1H1 all over again. He said, how would you like to make some extra money? I said, how's that? Um, I kind of need you up here. Would you want to come up to North Carolina in about a week or two and spend a month up here to run the emergency operations center? I said, yeah, why not? For that kind of money, why not? We are preparing 
for what we, in our minds, for the maximum of maximums. That's a term that Fred Fugate, the former head of FEMA, once said. We prepare for the maximum of maximums. We hope that they never occur. I never thought in my 65 years that I would see the price of two rolls of Charmin being worth more than crack cocaine on the street. But we've come to this point of fear. We've lost rationality, and many live in fear. Of course, I'm going to take precautions. We should all take precautions every flu season, though many don't, which is why many get the flu to begin with. We are probably seeing a lot of young teenagers wash their hands for the very first time on a regular basis because they don't want to come down with this. My heart shares this message with you today. Listen, trust, and fear not. You know, even the disciples after Jesus' ascension that ministered all over the known world, they gave their life for the cause of Christ, yet they feared not. Martin Luther, in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, alludes to the fact it's not what somebody can do to your body, it's what the enemy can do to steal your soul that you must remember. Fear not in this transient life. Today we heard a reading from the book of Psalms, one of my favorites, and those that remember the old liturgy of morning prayer or in some churches matins, how often do we sing this, come let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise the rock of our salvation. You, you hear all these words and normally we stop the music halfway into verse 7, for he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And I think a lot of people think that's the entire summation of the 95th Psalm. But it didn't end there. and We didn't end it there today. The other half of verse 7. Today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your heart. As in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. The psalmist is referring to what we saw in our Old Testament lesson. We have no water. We're thirsty. We want something to drink. The children of Israel leaving Egypt has always been a fascinating study for me. For quite a long time, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, was held in captivity as slaves in the country of Egypt. And they mourned and they cried to be released from this bondage. Get us out of Egypt. We are tired of the slave labor. We are tired of being whipped. We are tired of being oppressed. 
We are tired of living in fear. And God sends them a Moses to lead them out of captivity, to lead them out of bondage. And we see the hand of God in miracle after miracle preparing them to be released from the bondage of Egypt. And eventually, after the Passover, Pharaoh relents and off they go, though they were pursued. God parted the water for them to escape and then drowned the horsemen in the sea. Remember that psalm, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. Yet the children of Israel, after seeing all that God could do, what did they do for the next 40 straight years? They complained, they murmured, they failed to trust. You know why they had to be in the wilderness for 40 years? So every one of the ones that left Egypt would be dead and only their descendants would arrive. God had to purge the unbelief out of his own people in the desert. You know how many miles it is from where they were in Egypt to the promised land? That's the longest 35-mile journey ever known to mankind being wandered around the desert. 40 years. They made it roughly 40 miles. It wasn't a long trip. Remember, Mary and Joseph made the trip from Jerusalem in a, in a couple of days with a donkey. They were blinded in the wilderness and didn't know where they were for 40 years. Even after everything that God had done, Moses strikes the rock, there's water. We have no food, there's manna. Boy, the onions back in Egypt sound good. Shut up. There are two words that God said to his people in those 40 years over and over and over again. Those are don't murmur. Don't complain and talk to me under your breath. I am the Lord your God who has delivered you out of the Pharaoh's hand of Egypt after how many years of bondage? They didn't even remember a time in their history that they were free. It had been so long. Yet God performs miracles and they still complained. They still looked unto their own personal needs and their own personal desires and their own personal fears. That's why they wanted to go back to Egypt. You have brought us out into this desert. We have nothing. We have no food. We have no water. We have no, no, we, we. Let's go back to Egypt. We had food there. So we had to work a little. Notice how the mind forgets. Not long ago I did a radio show and I'm talking about 
how our minds deceive us, how we think how great things were back in 1973 or 1971. And you think of the music, the people, oh, it was just great. And then if you really search your memory banks, you suddenly remember all the things that went wrong, all the difficulties you faced, friendships that fell apart. We conveniently forget the bad and remember the good. The good old days were not necessarily all that good. They were like any other day, filled with good, bad, indifferent. In these days, weeks, and months ahead, we will see this crisis pass. We're not all going to die. And even if we did, if we trust Jesus as our Savior, peace be unto us. For he is with us. Jesus told his disciples as he left this earth, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of this age, this world, this time, this understanding that we live in. For see, God is not confined. This is a discussion I've had with a number of people, my wife included. We have to recognize something about the sovereignty of God. He's not trapped in the, in the dynamics we understand and the dimensions in which we live. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow are all in his hand. For he dwells in all of it. He transcends our time and our space. And we have a hard time in our human mind understanding what that means. One of the things that my, our, our brethren in some churches miss when it comes to communion. And it took me a while to wrap my head around it when I was studying for the diaconate. Even though I had always talked about the real presence in the communion service, it finally dawned on me when I finally understood the word used in scripture for do this in remembrance of me, anamatesis, which means bringing the things of the past into the present as in real time. That's kind of a hard concept. We say it in our prayer every Sunday here and those not yet here. We're not talking about those that should be here that live in Port St. Lucie or Stewart. We're talking about those not even born yet that'll be a part of Christ's triumphant church. Those not even here yet. We're praying for those that haven't even been born yet. And in our communion, we are drawn into this momentary dynamic that God lives in that transcends all time and all space. We commune with all the believers from the beginning unto the end of this age. And we don't realize it. That psalm, that psalm, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Forty years ago, I was grieved with this generation, and I said, it is a people that do err in their hearts. 
an error in their heart. You know, poor Israel, given for our example, they had this bad habit of being blessed so much by God than taking him thoroughly for granted, forgetting all about all the things he has done. And they cease to worship and give him praise and honor and glory that he is due. And God, in his mercy and in his sovereignty, obliges them. Fine. You do it your way. I'm going to go over here for a season. And with that hand of protection gone, they keep getting enslaved. You want to be in bondage to your sin? Let me show you what bondage really feels like. These days and weeks ahead, for many will be a challenge. Many are afraid. I get it. I understand it. And I get to help alleviate fears if I get called and head up to North Carolina for a season to help be a public information officer to get information out and hopefully stop the panic a little bit. They say they want to flatten this curve. I get it. In other words, instead of having it spike and a lot of people having it all at once, they want to flatten that curve where less will be exposed. And I think that all the dramatic measures we're taking, we haven't seen these kind of measures since 1918 being taken with a medical problem. It's been a long time. And we'll get through it like we do every year. I will not live in fear. That's just me. I believe what God's word says. That's why I'm here. I asked the question yesterday, are we meeting or not? Not that I wanted to not. I just wanted to know if anybody else was going to be here or not. I'm happy to be here. One of my favorite hymns, which is really for the transfiguration, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here. Thy glory fills this place." We are here in his presence and in his glory because this is the real hospital we need for ourselves and our lives and our spirit, to be in this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we could gather here in your word, in this place. Lord, I understand the fear that many have in their hearts. It's not easy, especially when you're being bombarded day in and day out. I understand. Lord, I pray that the comfort of your Holy Spirit abide in each and every one of us. Let us be practical. Let us be, as you teach us, to be reasoned. But most important, to be trusting. Help us to trust and obey what you call us to faithfully do each and every week. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your eyes upon
beautiful hymn of invitation to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is a darkening world. We have a day of destiny. And the church needs to be busy in the fields which are ripe for harvest. Why do you think doing this radio program, building this church project, adding more things to to my to-do list are so important? Because time is short. Time is short. And, And I believe we need to be doing all that we can. I want you to be a part of not just this radio ministry, but the overall church ministry of reaching the lost for Christ, providing a sanctuary and a place of worship either in person or even online or on the radio to be prepared. We learned three years ago. Remember two weeks to flatten the curve, 15 days to flatten the curve became a month, two months, a year. How many churches never recovered? How many churches closed their doors for good? In some cases, I'm glad some did because they were apostate anyway. The church needs to be prepared for a different time. The United States, with its constitution, Canada, United Kingdom, with all the talk about freedom of religion, they're going to oppress it. They're doing it now. Are you prepared for what is to come? Go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. Truththenumber2ponder.com. You can find the church project there and how to support this radio ministry from there. If you prefer, you can write a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510-510. Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. 24319. And we'll see you again next week. And until then... May God richly bless you is my prayer. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.